Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's start this program. This is the Rich Eisen Show. With the Kansas City Chiefs. Now Mahomes looking for the end zone pass caught. Touchdown! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. They're back. I told you. My favorite words I get to say in this microphone. Kansas City! Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. UConn head football coach, Jim Mora. Five-time Pro Bowl running back, Frank Gore. Still to come, ESPN college football analyst, Ryan Leaf. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air live from Los Angeles, California. We're here on NBC Sports on Peacock, NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM, Channel 85. We follow the Dan Patrick Show every single day from 12 to 3 Eastern right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, taking you to brother from another at the top of this hour already some great chats with kurt warner uh fresh off of calling the monday night football game on westwood one radio i did the pregame and halftime he and kevin harlan did the play-by-play and analysis of the 49ers uh punkin the uh los angeles rams to wrap up week number 10 chatted with jim mora nice little memory lane chat with the new head coach of uconn football talking about his dad being all excited for him his dad's on cameo saying the word playoffs (laughs) and stuff like that all sorts of craziness uh, and Frank Gore, he's touching gloves with Darren Williams. Um, I asked him, what the hell's wrong with you, uh, essentially? And that was generally concerned for his well-being. <laughs> if you missed any of that, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Chris Brockman in his spot. Hey, hey. Good to see him right there. And also uh, Jay Feller sitting in for Mikey Del Tufo. What's up, Rich? Yeah, you got to take his – you got to put your Twitter and Instagram sign up. Mike's got oh, yeah. his up there. He usually there. puts not. Where's that? Today. Where's that Jay Felly, man? Where is it? You got not, it. Not Jay Felt. Okay, it's not Jay. It's Jay Felt. Put it up. Put it up. <laughs> okay, you're, there you go. Very well done. All right. Uh, good. To, good to see you, T.J. Jefferson, in your spot. And your, Bonjour, Rich. You. And look who's here in studio. Uh, one of our hey. favorites, uh, hey. not just as a guest, but also sitting in this chair uh, when I cannot. And good to see you, Ryan Leaf. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Rich. Good to see you. Good to see you. And congrats on the dropping, I guess, as the kids say, of your new yep. podcast uh, on the Action Park Network. Uh, Kevin Connolly of uh, Entourage fame started yeah. his own podcast network. Uh, he's, he's not starting. He's, he's up and running. And uh, Bust is the name of the podcast about your – it's the Ryan Leaf story. And there you are, number 16 from way back in the day as a San Diego – Chargers. So I'll just jump in right. Uh, you know, you and I have spoken about this off the air. Like, so why, why bust? Why just go out and just say bust is the name of your story, Ryan? I just think it, uh, well, I think it sells better. 
I just do because people associate that word with me. Um, and I also thought, and, and Kevin and I discussed this, mm-hmm. you know, he always says to me, he's like, Ryan, if you were a bust, what the hell is everybody else? You know, what's the worst word for, for bust in that scenario? And I just said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it. I'm going to take the power away from that word. I don't want to let it affect me in a negative way anymore. I used to. I mean, it, it used to bother me a ton. And I just, I, I just don't. And if anybody ever has a chance to, to say anything again, I always go, well, let's name on my podcast. Yeah, so I understand There you it. go. Yeah. Okay, so that's now a new answer for you. Yeah. Okay, very good. So uh, how many episodes? What are we going to, what are we learning? What are you, have you, have you, all right, I won't pepper you with questions, but how, how many episodes in this pod right now? I think we're going to be at 10. Okay. Possibly 12. Uh, so you haven't, you haven't recorded them all? We've recorded pretty much, we've done nine of them. So okay. we're at the back end of everything. And I just was talking to him the other day about it. I was like, I don't know if we can fit in like the redemptive part of this in one episode. Like, right, sure. You know, I, I feel like it's going to need a little more because ultimately the reason I'm doing this and why we've chose to do this is that there are people out there that are continuing to struggle or feel like they are all alone in all of this. And they'll hear something that they can relate to and know that there's a solution. Mm-hmm. Because why would I keep trying to rip the Band-Aid off over and over and over again to do this? It's about other people. It could never be about me again when I'm when I'm doing something like this. Okay, so who are the guests? Like, what are you talking about? Nobody. You're just talking? It is my straight testimonial. So if anybody has come and seen me speak over the years, right? Uh, it that's usually about an hour format, 50 to minutes to an hour. I bet you Kevin and I have spent... 18 hours in the recording booth. So now Kevin is what? He's just, he's producing you? Yeah. Like straight up producing you? Anna, my my wife-to-be, mm-hmm. uh, is produced it with our production company as well as, as Kevin. Kevin was in the sessions with me. Um, I just flat out got in front of the microphone and started telling my story from when I was born mm-hmm. until where I'm at right now. And he, if he had some questions or if he needed something uh, reaffirmed or something like that, he, he'd pop in a question or here or there. So him and I... Um, we've developed a really, really good relationship and, um, we really feel like this can help people. And so when he jumped on board, I was like, okay, I'm willing to do this. I trust him. Okay. That's, that's the biggest thing. Interesting. Cause you know, um, I, I'm just wondering if you had interviewed somebody from your past who had a front row seat to what was going on with you, who would you have chosen? Who well, would you, who would you have chosen? Probably Jay Posner would probably have been one of them. And he is. He's a reporter for the San Diego Union Tribune that that I um, viral with, where I was yelling at him, uh, the reporter. What did he ask you that day? It probably didn't matter what he asked me. I think it was something he wrote the day before about what went on in the locker room, and then I was so humiliated and embarrassed about how I performed, or how I played the worst football game you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't used to doing that. Uh, didn't like the criticism. Uh, he reported something that was private in the locker room after that Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. And I, after our little gaggle of, of or press conference in the locker room on Monday, I asked him to stick around and and uh, and tried to be the intimidating, big, tough football player uh, and tell him how it was. Like, you were a peon. I am the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to do what I tell you to do, or we're not going to have a relationship moving forward. And he knew that he kind of had me and baited me a little bit. And then there was a camera in the corner of the locker room, panned around, of course, and caught that. Uh, and it became kind of a caricature of who I, who I was. I didn't yell at any more reporters after that, but still to this day, like, you know, Ryan Leaf yells at reporters. That's just what it is, and the internet had just started, and it became one of the first viral videos that existed. So 
like when Jim Everett's talked about, they talk about the Jim Rome interview. Right. When they talk about Mimi, they talk about the the blow up with the reporter. So I, I get it. So he probably would have been a good. I've interviewed him before on a San Diego uh, radio station. We've made you know we've made our I've made my amends with him. Um, I think my best best uh, point was that I could have handled that better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you could go back in time, obviously this podcast wouldn't exist. Right. But if you could go back in time, you know what would you have told your younger self i would have just you know I, I wouldn't have changed anything i would have treated people better i think even even being a poor football player and everything that went down and uh, how just how you treat people i just thought i was so much more important than everybody else rich because i could play this silly game like that made me a better human being than than you and uh i had to be humbled i had to be humbled in a way where i woke up on a prison cell floor and i continue to be humbled still because There'll be moments where I think, okay, I've got this figured out. I'm at this place. Right. Nope, we're going to knock you back down because that's just that's just how life is, and it's not fair. It's how you deal with it that matters, and this is how I'm dealing with it, and it's a daily daily thing no matter what, and, and I love it. What do you mean you love it? I just love my life and what it's become sure. because of everything that has transpired and the struggles I still go through because I know like I know where my feet are every single day, and I... And, I, and I'm grounded in that. Like, today is today. Tomorrow, I have no idea. May I, maybe I'll get thrown back in prison tomorrow. I have no idea. But if I do today what I did yesterday, mm-hmm. most likely I'll lay my head down, feel at peace, and, and go about my business the next day, too. Ryan Leaf here on the Rich Eisen Show in person. Bust is his uh, new podcast out um, of the Action Park Media um, label. That's Kevin Connolly's label and he's producing you and so is Anna was producing you as well and you're here on this show right now so um nature versus nurture we hear that so much when it comes obviously to quarterbacks in the NFL and the situations that they're put in and clearly there's more than just football at work as to what had happened to you and where you are today but do you think that there were football things that if they were different different team different city different scenarios that you weren't attached at the hip to Peyton Manning being drafted in or if you weren't thrown right in and have that sort of expectation level placed upon you, that things would have been different. Do you think at all? I'd like to think so. But then again, I know who I am and geography doesn't change who you are. Like Mm -hmm. I was the problem. Like it may have been covered. My, like my character defects may have been more masked if I had Marshall Mm -hmm. Falk running the ball and Marvin Harrison to throw to. Mm -hmm. But ultimately if I would have led the league in interceptions like Peyton did, my, his rookie year, I don't know how I would have handled that. I would have seen that as a, a terrible failure. And, of course, I dealt with failure so poorly. So I think ultimately, no matter where I went, mm-hmm. there I am. And that's the issue. So I always have to keep that in mind. Um, you know, they ask me the question a lot, like if I had the same kind of mindset now that I did back then, would it be different? Yeah. Well, of course it would be different because I would have thought of things much differently. My talent was second to none. That's why the moniker bust exists. You have to be extremely talented to be considered that. Like, they don't talk about a guy who was drafted in the seventh round and plays for three years and, and, and really doesn't play. Right. That's just not the same conversation that exists. So you have to be extremely talented, and then when you don't live up to those expectations, people, for whatever reason, I guess find a little joy in the fact that that, that name can be associated to it. So it's, by doing the podcast, it's simply my testimony from the beginning to the end, and we're hoping to kind of take away um, really, and redefine what the word bust means. Um, 
And that's where season twos and threes and fours go in to come in, where right. now I've set this precedent. Like, I can take this to somebody who struggled or is continuing to struggle and say, hey, here's a platform for you to do the same thing, to tell your story, to be therapeutic in a way for you and maybe to educate others and kind of explain what you went on. And, and now there's a platform for that. You may not like the name, and that may dissuade you from doing something like that, but right. I think there's a lot of people in many genres of sports that I'd love to talk to in years to come about those things. Guys that were supposed to live up to such high expectations didn't. How have they dealt with it? Are they in a positive and negative space right now? I think it'd be extremely interesting. What would have been the reaction after you know you began to struggle in that public moment and the blow up in the locker room with the reporter? You mentioned his name, Jay Posner. What would have happened if back then you had put out a statement, I need to step away from the game to work on my mental health, similar to what Calvin Ridley just did? What would the reaction have been back would have then, been crucified think? probably, right? 1998, they would have looked at me like I was nuts. Um, it was. Let's put it this way, Rich, mm -hmm. and I think I've talked to you about this. Yes. There's never been a trailblazer for any of this, right? So when I was deciding on whether or not I should continue to play I was in Seattle. Mike Holmgren was the head coach. And instead of walking into his office and going, Mike, I'm, I don't know what's wrong. Uh, I can't get out of bed. I feel sad all the time. I feel lazy. Uh, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. There's been no one in my lifetime growing up in Montana with the cowboy culture and in the locker rooms. I've never seen another man actually do that. So how was I supposed to know to do something like that in that moment? Like The, the moment was too overwhelming for me as a 21-year-old trying to lead a bunch of men. Mm -hmm. I, it would have not been accepted. And it would have never have crossed my mind right. to even say something like that because that, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a solution that I could use. I never even thought about that. What a, what a, what a thing to stand up in front of the, the cameras that next day when I was reading off an apology my dad helped me write that I just tossed into a locker because I didn't want to read the apology and say, I'm really struggling with my mental health here. The moment has gotten too big for me. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. I want to do this well, and I need to step away and make sure I'm doing it the right way. Wow. Boom. That blows my mind right now when you said yeah, that. Yeah, because... You're a great interviewer. Oh, well, you know, I, please. No, I, I love talking to you about this stuff because it is so damn important. It's so important, you know, and what you're talking about and what Glaze, Jay Glazer talks about, and I know you're... You're, you're active with merging vets and players and how... Thursday night, I'm going to do the, the workout in Dallas at at t Stadium with all the community and vets because I'm calling the TCU game this weekend. So, so you're going to go do that, yeah. which is where everybody can get together and you work out. So you work your body and then you work your mind yep. and you work your heart all in one night where you work out together, you get the sweat going, and then you sit around and you talk. My wife and I have been privy to these... Um, conversations and these gatherings and so it is important and it's 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 just pretty what's the word for it other than cool that that we're seeing Calvin Ridley can step away right and there aren't people and if they are it's like to hell with you you know hey they could have used him this week in Dallas and you're not hearing any of his teammates say any of that we had his coach Arthur Smith on this past week and he's like when I asked him, like, so are you going to check back in with him to see what's going on? He's like, I don't want to talk about that. And we're just treating it like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and just say, we're putting a time frame on it. Right. You know, this doesn't have a crutch. It doesn't have a cast. It doesn't have anything like that.
So I'm just wondering, like, if that outlet was, in fact, available to you in 1998, you probably wouldn't even have taken it, you think, because of the way that it was looked at at the time? Or, or... Yeah, I mean, I, there was no, right. there was no, like I said, a trail. There was nobody. I would have been, like, the first to do that in that moment. Mm -hmm. And they would have been like, oh, what a terrible mistake we made. We drafted this guy that was completely incapable uh, of functioning, you know. And one of the biggest... Uh, comments about me is that I was so talented, but I didn't, I didn't have the, the acumen. I didn't have what was between the ears, right? Mm -hmm. There was a local kid from my high school who was an amazing quarterback. He was this guy I looked up to. He was the state champion, and he would go on to greatness at the University of Montana. And uh, they, always would, they always would tell me that if I had, uh, his name was Dave Dickinson, if I would have Dave Dickinson's mind, I would have been a pro, a pro football Hall of Famer. Mm. And there may be some truth to that. He was one of the smartest because he was completely undersized, won the Walter Payton Award, won a national championship at the University of Montana, played in the CFL, won Big Cups. He's now coaching up there. He's one of my heroes growing up. So uh, there may be some truth in that. But I also think you can tell from the fact when I host your show and who I am now, like my brain works just fine. Uh, it's a matter of how I chose to use it at the time. I chose to believe and think that I was just above everybody else. So I couldn't show any weakness. Ryan Leaf here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break. Uh, when we return for our Peacock audience, we'll show a trailer for your new pod. Then let's talk some ball. Lots going on in Week 10 is now done in the NFL. College football, we're beginning to get to the nitty and the gritty. And the bowl games are right around the corner. And, um, and we'll take some phone calls at the end of the hour as well. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show with Ryan Leaf live in studio. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so we are now um, 10 weeks into the NFL season. Ryan Leaf, the best team in the NFL, is... I have no idea. Do you okay. have any idea? <laughs> well, correct we, answer. Yeah, it is the correct answer. We, I would tell you right now who I think is probably playing the best and who 
is going to move forward and, and do some good things. I let think. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. The team that's playing the best football right now and is going to move forward to me is New England. That's my answer for you. I think it's the Patriots. I mean, they are playing Isn't that incredible, incredible football. What Belichick and has done on the defensive side of the football. Put aside what Mac Jones has done yeah. in his development. Right. I mean, early on in the season, there were some mistakes that that cost him games. That first game against Miami, if they don't fumble the football, you know, right there, they're in a great position. So, yeah, I think they're playing the best now. Green Bay is the other team that's out there that you're like, if Aaron Rodgers plays a week ago, they they most likely beat Kansas. City. I would agree with that. Uh, so their only loss would be just this inconspicuable or uh, um, indescriptive first game of the season against the Saints. Right. So right now I would say the Patriots are playing the best. Green Bay, the loss of Aaron Jones could be something, but A.J. Dillon really stepped up on sure Saturday did. or on Sunday. Yeah, sure did. Um, and then Tennessee, they just keep figuring it out, but I don't have a lot of like faith in it. I mean, a two-point win against the Saints, against a backup quarterback on Sunday – well, here's the thing about the Titans in uh, Mr. Hoskins, if you can put their schedule up. I don't see where how many more losses they've got in front of them. Yeah. They've got both games against the Houston Texans remaining starting with this week. They have the game, I think, that's going to tell a lot, New England. they got to go to Foxborough. By the way, that Thanksgiving Sunday Week 12 weekend is insane because it's when the Rams come off of the bye and take on the Packers. You've got this game as well. I'm sure there's many others. There's another game against Jacksonville. They're 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 home against Miami. Then you've got a visit to Pittsburgh, uh an early Thursday game obviously of the kickoff uh um Christmas week. Home against San Francisco, which may have just woken up a bit. I don't know, man. I mean that that looks to me like a 14 and 3, 13 and 4 finish. That's definitely going to be your one seed. Unless New England keeps winning and one of the losses is to New England. Right. I mean, that's you. I know we're, we're overlooking rookie quarterback, all that sort of thing, but they are playing lights out over the last they're month. They're playing incredibly and they're well. Better. They're getting better. Yeah. And that's, that's usually what Bill Belichick does. His teams get better throughout the year. You remember right. a few years ago when they went to Kansas City with Tom Brady and it was just, we're, it was over. We're moving on to Cincinnati. It was over. Yeah. And they just continue to get better. I mean, he, he compartmentalizes so well week to week. It, it just does it. It doesn't matter what happened last week or what's going to happen two weeks from now. This is what's in front of me. And guess what? I saw something on film. This is what Bill Belichick's saying. I saw something on film this week that gives us a solid advantage in this football game. And I know, therefore, we're going to dominate. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. And this year, more than any other year, mm-hmm. that seems to be the case every single week. I, I called the Titans-Rams uh, game two weeks ago yeah. here in SoFi, and I was just blown away with how Bayard and that defense – knew what they needed to do against Matthew Stafford. They saw something. They heard something on film because the interception that Bayard made, Matthew Stafford's checking to something there. He's checking to that out route, and Bayard can see it, and you can see him as he starts to walk down and move out to that flat before the pass is even uh, snapped or the ball is even snapped. Sure enough, he flies right in front of Matthew Stafford for the pick six. That game changed at that moment because offensively, Tennessee's not doing anything out of the ordinary. What they are doing is they're staying committed to the run, regardless of how many yards they're getting out of it. They're just running the football to stay balanced, and that's keeping other teams on their toes. I mean, that Tennessee visit to New England, man. Because as we all know, that's the matchup and the spot where the Brady era came to the end and where Vrabel's starting to use the play, the uh, the rule book against Belichick in the same way that Belichick had previously used against the Jets. 
He's kind of got their number, right, Christopher? Kind of does, actually. No Derrick Henry, though. No Derrick Henry for this game. I don't know if that's going to – I don't know if this is going to matter. I don't – I, I don't I, trust them. Let's just put it that way. I don't trust. Maybe them. Maybe that's the only reason why yeah. it does. It does matter is because you you don't you can't rely on that game changing talented player. Especially Their MVP in the playoffs, is gone. Especially right. in the playoffs when it is about limited possessions. It's about running the football and right. being physical. That's a huge difference. But it's all about scheme sometimes, leverage, numbers, and scheme, and right. the best in the business. Is Bill Belichick, but who but who who taught Mike Vrabel everything he knows? You assume he watched it right I, there. I assume so. Uh, Ryan Leaf here uh, in studio. Let's. We want to talk about leverage numbers scheme, right? How about scheme? You, you you can't you can't say you're better than Kansas City when you're scheming, right? No. Okay. There. You, you could say you're as good, but I don't think you're. I don't think anybody's better than them. And we saw, in my estimation as we've been saying here last two days, week 10 is the, the I'm back weekend. Dak and the Cowboys came back from that one awful loss to Denver. Cam literally said the words, I'm back twice, okay? And so you look at the Chiefs, that looked like the Chiefs. The same with the Niners for the first time all year. That's the Niners team running 40 times. Opportunistic defense. Jimmy G making the, the throws, but not the mistake. Like that's... You know, Debo running downhill, slashing from different positions, either catching it or running it. The Chiefs screen game, defense coming up with big plays, Tyreek Hill open, Mahomes not making the mistake, five touchdowns, 400 yards. How how about the Chiefs, do you think now, Ryan? Yeah, they that? looked uh, every bit the part, right, that they've been the last three right. years. I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. In those weeks leading up to it where everybody was questioning the Kansas City Chiefs, the ball wasn't bouncing their way. He'd make some of those crazy throws like the left-handed throw that was a completion in right. Sunday night those went the other way the yes. previous weeks correct on Sunday night against Las Vegas he made similar throws but this time his playmakers made the play how about the high point to Damian Williams he's running to his right, right throwing back across the grain both numbers and hashes to the end zone from that would have been picked off in like the first two months of the season well they have been the balls bounced a different way you right. know and when you look back in the past seasons with Patrick Mahomes you were in awe of what he was doing, and then everybody jumped off that 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 bandwagon pretty quick this year when those turned into turnovers, and you were like, oh, he's making making foolish mistakes. Well, those are exactly what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. He's just had the skill position players to make the plays, and that's what happened on Sunday night. So, you know, if I'm looking at the AFC West, there's not a team in that division that I go, besides the Chiefs right now, that I, that I actually trust when it gets down to, to crunch time. So they are going to be in this conversation – um, the Chargers inexplicably keep losing games that well, what, you're like, why? Well, it seems to me that their big game passing game has disappeared. Now, I don't know if it's Mike Williams getting hurt, but I also saw like a target sheet, like the number of like where, where, where the ball was going, where the ball's going, Justin Herbert, and everything was like within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And it's kind of like, he's got the big arm. He's got the legs too. Like where? Well, where, I think where has that game been the last month? I think what people saw, other than the game in Philly, he had a great game in Philly. But I think what the people saw, or in particular defensive coordinators, is that dude gets it when they blitz. I mean, flat out can make explosive, huge plays when you blitz. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people thought he was capable of doing that. 
coming out of college. And when he showcased that, you're getting a lot of zone defense now, a big umbrella, making him take things under. And Mike Williams hasn't been the explosive guy that they need to be. Keenan Allen is a real, really good wide receiver, a possession receiver, a guy that can mm-hmm. make catches everywhere. But coaches have really limited him, um, Justin Herbert, and what he does down the field because he was held to under 200 yards passing uh, against Minnesota. Mike Zimmer is still a genius when it comes to defensive preparation. No matter how poorly the team plays down the stretch or lose close games, guy can coach up a defense. And, and, and they just made Justin Herbert look like – like normal mm-hmm. on Sunday. Well, we're talking about teams that you can trust in the AFC. What about the NFC? The most trusted team, and know that the guy who's over your right shoulder is a Cowboy fan who's just been really uh, waiting to jump into this subject matter um, last two days in my man TJ Jefferson over there. Who's well, I mean, a- you can't trust your team, TJ, right? You can't How trust them. <laughs> but you love them. I you love just can't them. trust them. Why can't you trust the Dallas Cowboys? I think Mike McCarthy. I really do. Ouch. I really think that 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 it's going to come down to a, a well, time management situation late in the game that he has looked incredibly poor at. Hopefully the players overcome and Kellen Moore is is continues to to roll, but they got the coordinators, right? Yep. Okay, they, they stuck with Kellen Moore and now look at him, right? They got rid of Mike Nolan, put in Dan Quinn. They got the coordinators right. They've got the personnel right. They got the draft right. Micah Parsons oh, is phenomenal. So good. Okay. Trevon, so good. Yeah. Trevon Diggs, it's been a couple of weeks since he picked six somebody, but that's just the fact Eight that. Eight picks I've, already this year, yeah. The, the, the fact that I've already said that, that I've said that just shows you how terrific he's been. Their depth, they've, they've, they've won games with, they've won games that would have knocked them out of contention or down a peg previous despite seasons. Mike McCarthy's no Tyrant no Tyrant Smith no quarterback yeah. no pass rushers like Tank Lawrence and Randy Gregory am I missing anything TJ am I missing anything right now I mean we had Gallup out for a while that's right Gallup Gallup was out like too. To... And, and they keep on like again if, if we're going to sit here and for Brockman's sake say well Damian Harris fumbled against the and the Dolphins and if yeah. Nick Folk didn't you know boot that one off of the upright against Tom Brady if nuts and candies and butts and all that about the Patriots. If ifs were fists, we'd all be drunk. I guess that's yeah. another oh, way to put it. another one. There yeah. you go. Um, so Dallas, if they had, you know, just gotten that extra oomph against Tampa, that one maybe extra possession, then we're just talking about truly burying the film against the Denver Broncos and the Cowboys are the most trusted team. In the, well, in I the wouldn't. I, I'd say Green Bay is the most trusted team. And why is that? Simply because of Aaron Rodgers, um, the track record with Coach LaFleur. Just, I mean, they've lost what? He's lost eight games in his first three seasons That's so correct. far. So far, yes. So I, I, I trust them more. Um, and the fact that they, if they can get the one seed and make everybody come through Lambeau this time with a real home field advantage. Remember last year when the NFC Championship? It was a limited fan base. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It would have been the first time they got to host an NFC Championship. It wasn't loud. It wasn't raucous. The weather wasn't incredibly poor. If Dallas has to go to Green Bay for an NFC Championship. I find that to be really difficult, and I trust Green Bay more than I trust Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that I don't think Dallas can be that contender. They've won despite of Mike McCarthy's mistakes early on in the season, yes. and they may be able to overcome that. So I don't trust them as much, TJ, mm-hmm. but your team has a real shot this year. I think so. I don't know if that means anything coming from me, but there you go. No, no, well, no, it no. means a lot. I mean, 
You just went higher register, though. You know, your, your team's got a real yeah, shot. Sure. I mean, look, really I, do. I'm, I might have to cancel my Leaf Cowboys jersey that I ordered, you know, but, you know, I'll let that Why go. did you order one? I'll just I get, give you one of mine, buddy. <laughs> um, game worn, I'm with it. Let's go. I don't know if it's game worn. <laughs> <laughs> it's in mothballs somewhere. Mom and Dad have it in their closet okay, in Montana go. somewhere. Go. Call it Montana. If you get find it, you know who to give it to. All right. So um, before uh, I send you off onto your good Tuesday, sir, uh, if you can do something for me, yeah, I'd like to rely on your college football acumen and knowledge and expertise. And I'd like you to give me the scenario in which two Saturdays from now, I am bouncing off the walls, walking on air, because Michigan has just beaten Ohio State. Is there a scenario? Paint it for me how that is possible in 2021, Ryan Leaf. This team's different. This team just has a physical nature that hasn't existed in terms of how they run the football. Um, with Jim Harbaugh's teams in the past and what they did against Wisconsin mm-hmm. and what they did last weekend in Happy Valley to yes. really, that's a game that they normally wouldn't have won. It was close. It was tied. They ran a great play call where they ran a pick and it made the Penn State players run into each other and it turned into a huge touchdown that ultimately won them the game. Correct. Those things uh, in the Jim Harbaugh era haven't been consistent. He always lost big games, especially on the road. Hasn't happened this year. But the problem with that, and I'm just going to push back because I'm still looking for the silver lining. You're looking for the silver bullet here? Well, it's just that Michigan was so inefficient throughout the first three quarters and either making mistakes or not getting it in the end zone. Um, And certainly against Wisconsin, it was just a different team. Those teams are not Ohio State where literally it appears every person who catches the ball is not only wide open by five yards, but they're going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Like, and so that's been the problem yeah. is that when Michigan is inefficient on offense against Wisconsin or Penn State or has to settle for a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown, they're down by three scores against Ohio State and things get out of hand. How, 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 how can Michigan, like, do they match up well against Ohio State's defense in your estimation? Well, I, I don't, what? You know, I don't, do you I don't want to just, you know, crash your dreams here it's okay okay no i did ask for the scenario right. i didn't you asked for the scenario and that's what i was trying to give you well i don't know how plausible that scenario it's not very is. plausible rich oh, i'm sorry all right oh, oh, Ohio State it. is a juggernaut on offense you are exactly right now cj stroud is still young yes still hasn't a ton of experience he's been very good but there's been some defenses nebraska in particular oregon for sure that found ways to limit him well, Michigan's got two guys on the edge who are just I know. playing with their hair on Hutchinson fire. Hutchinson is a baller. He reminds me a ton of Joey Bosa. He really does. Okay. How he comes off that edge. So All if right. he can become uh, that type of player in that type of game, mm-hmm. why not? Why not us, Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> why not? All right. All I, you're, you're, at least you're living in the good life. I, my state of college football has neither one of their head coaches – Neither one of it's going to be an interim. I'm calling the Apple Cup next week with two interim head coaches in it. So, how many interim head coaches can a a single conference have? What we have right now, three. Who's going to be USC's next guy? They're already talking. I saw Bruce Feldman, our friend from Fox, is talking about Baylor's HC. Oh, I've covered Baylor twice this year. I've spent a lot of time with Dave Aranda. He's not going anywhere. That dude and his family love Waco. Okay, the people around there. Uh, the team he's put together. Okay. I don't believe Dave Aranda's going anywhere. So who's USC going to get, do you think? I have a theory around college football. And name me a big city team in college that is that is just baller, in, year in, year out. 
they're just they don't exist anymore for whatever reason it's about rural communities that just get after their football programs tuscaloosa athens those places where they're tight-knit communities for whatever reason it's just the players are not lost in the shuffle i find it very difficult to make la a contender in college football again i really do why i, I mean, just think usc is going to have a real problem with that i've never heard that one before so because why because there's many different distractions distractions and like the fan base it doesn't exist as much um i usc has this brand this this sustaining brand that i think could get them through it i right. really do right but i think it's going to be a struggle put that as a poll ask that question on your show like what big city team is just bawling year in and year out. I think. I mean, Notre Dame is not considered Chicago, even though Chicago considers Notre Dame Chicago. Right. Um, obviously, New York City doesn't have one. Miami, but they but Miami's in. They haven't been good for a while. I mean, right? Miami is in the absolute toilet right now. Yeah. They're. I mean, they're. It's a weird theory, but I was talking about it with some of my buddies last weekend. And going, you know, because the, the Washington job just came open, and I'm like, Columbus, Seattle. Columbus like, is not a huge, like, Columbus like, is. I know. Like, Austin and Houston, they're not, I mean, Houston is Texas like a powerhouse. Texas is, oh. Texas is gross. I Gross. I like that one. <laughs> it's gross. I picked them to go seven and five. They're going to go six and six, or maybe, I got Kansas this week, too. The, the hottest team in college football, by the hottest way. Hottest team in college. Hey, man, they gave Oklahoma a scare, and then they took Texas right out. How cool was that ending, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I saw the video of the parents. Oh. Um, you know, the, the kid who caught the two-point conversion. Uh, never played offensive. Never played an offensive snap Did until that play. Did you see this story, Chris? No. Uh-uh. It's unbelievable. The tight end? Yeah. Never played a snap of offensive football. What? He's a walk-on, and he caught the winning two-point conversion to beat Texas, and the parents are shooting the video. And At you the see opposite it. end of the At field. The of, I'm getting goosebumps here. Were they in the last row? No, 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 no. The first row. It looked like the loves... Still have the worst seat <laughs> oh, in the history of football, <laughs> rooting on somebody who they're, you know, who they have as family. Um, yeah, it's incredible stuff. All right. You know, there's a theory on that, though. Put the loves up there. They don't have to hear bad stuff being talked about. If you're down in the mix, like, That's you don't have true. to hear anything from the fan so base. So you'd rather, you'd rather yeah. your family be all the way up there? Oh, I put my parents in the nosebleeds every time we were on the road. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and I told mom to put the radio broadcast on, the home radio broadcast on, <laughs> in her ears. So she didn't have to listen to it. <laughs> that could be in one of the final so episodes awesome. of season one of Bust, yeah. everybody. Uh, thanks for coming in here, Ron. Really appreciate it. See everybody check out Bust uh, is where podcasts can all be acquired. The Ryan Leaf story, season one of hopefully as many seasons as you'd like. Oh, and by the way, before we go... You're heading to London now. You're going to be a car spot. What do you do? You're. I'm going to be the NFL analyst uh, in in London for Sky Sports NFL. Huh. And then this year they we come here for the Super Bowl, so I'll be able to work through that process too. That's going to be a lot of fun. You know, you're a presenter apparently. That's what they call. Or you're going to be a presenter. That's what they call on air uh, personality. Really? Well, that's a host. I don't know if what they call an analyst. I don't know. I think I don't know. They Have keep you... telling me I'm an analyst. Okay. So okay, I'm going to go with that. Have you seen Roy Kent's behavior on that role on uh, Ted Lasso? <laughs> I think I, That's I th the bar. That's I think the I bar. Could, yeah, I think I could be a good Roy Kent. <laughs> I do. You should go and just do the whole Roy Kent I think Kent we're going to be staying in Richmond, actually. There so. you go. Very good. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, hit the beliefs on on your way out. Right. Ryan Leaf right here <laughs> on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll take your phone calls and wrap up this uh, Tuesday show in a moment. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our show, radio all together. Our our friends at Mercedes-Benz Vans want you to think about your dream because maybe it's been a while since you've thought about it. Maybe it's been a while since you thought, you know what, I can place all of what I'm doing on the daily grind of my life aside and just try and live the van life and take one of these Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, these premium vans, and just go do what you've always dreamt of doing, whether it's just throwing caution to the wind and going on this huge road trip seeing every single national park site in the United States, maybe wanting to go visit uh, an old relative, an old friend, go build a mountain cabin with your dad, go and maybe you know start your own business because these Sprinter vans can absolutely help you start your own business and in a premium way because it's a Mercedes-Benz van that we're talking about. So you can expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. You can expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, an available gas engine. It runs like the dream that you've always had. So what do you say? Go to your Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter and tell them your dream sent you. So Ryan Leaf just left, and he's like, where's Del Tufo? <laughs> Which, by the way, is something I ask almost every single time you come in here, Jason. And I feel bad when I do that because it's not like I'm unhappy to see you. You freak it's him out, like, though, Rich. You no, I, I don't mean to do it. I don't mean to do it. Like it's, I'm always it, stuck in the middle. Like so. it's, it's the Rich Eisen show, right? <laughs> and I, we've already established this week, for those who might not know, it's, it's run out of Rich Eisen Productions. I've started my own production company when this thing got rebooted about a year and a half ago. And I'm still ready to break off a $300 piece of revenue and hand it to you, Chris, so you can give it to the Green Bay Packers so we can have a, a, a member of a stock. I'm, but I'm you're still, still in still, line. I'm still in line. You're still in line. In line. I would say you're online, but you're online. You're in I'm line. I'm online. No, you're in line online. online. Right. Oh, I got it. Or as Jude Law once told me, you're in the queue. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> that was a name uh, drop. I admit. So uh, if I'm in charge, <laughs> I should know. And he's like, but I told you I wasn't going to be there for the Michigan Seton Hall game. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, is Michigan playing Seton Hall in the afternoon? No. No. They play tonight, correct? Yeah. All right. Tonight. And the reason why he wants to work that game is he doesn't want to be here so I could say the name Ramil Robinson or Glenn <laughs> Rice, right? PJ Carlissimo. It really is one of the greatest moments of my sporting life to actually get the break. <laughs> And then send a guy who couldn't shoot free throws to the line, and he makes both. Mm. Ramil Robinson, Terry Mills, Glenn friggin' Rice. Rice. Like, so yeah. he doesn't want to hear all of that. So that's maybe that's why he's not here. So what is he doing? He's setting up. How is he setting up? The game's not here in Los Angeles, right? I don't have everything ready. So what is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? He's mixing he's... the game, I believe. So he has to set up the room. What's the and... room? 
the audio room, I guess. The audio and, and console. Yeah, but kinda, the console. Mic check how and long make sure does it take? Routed. But I don't understand. Uh, Are they creating this out of whole cloth? Like Fox just say, "Hey, we're just going to create this new." Room is that? I, what don't, it is? I don't know. He tweeted like not that long ago what he was doing. All right, there's Seton Hall versus Michigan on FS1 tonight, and look who is in the mixing chair, sound mixing the game on TV. Days like this definitely prove that divine intervention has 100 percent been involved because he went to Seton Hall uh, and he's very proud of that, and I think that's great. But why does he need to be physically there? Divine intervention, huh? I don't. I don't know how divine <laughs> intervention got involved. No, God but... wanted him to mix this game. Is what he's saying. <laughs> The same, I assume, the same deity that denied him the national championship all those years ago. That wasn't Andrew back Gase in 1989. <laughs> the game is at 6 p.m. Pacific. So why does he need <laughs> to be there at 11 in the morning and not be here? I'm not sure. He did briefly mention, maybe it was yesterday, that he was like, "I might come in for like the first two hours and let Jason do the third hour." Yeah, that that was his plan, and then I guess he was and just like, just "No, never showed up." Just, I never, I never heard that part of the plan. Yeah. No, he definitely told us that yesterday. <laughs> but yeah. he didn't say anything to me. You understand? <laughs> like, he didn't say anything to me. Well, I, well, Rich, I feel like he thinks that, you know, one of yeah. us will. As head of HR at yeah, R.E.S. Chris is head of HR. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, as, no, you that's a here. problem. I, you were here I, for I that. That's a problem. <laughs> Brockman, he wasn't here when we gave you that title? I th- yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought he was yeah. your spider. He was spider. That's a problem. And somebody in charge of my HR is somebody who checks out of live conversations because somebody appears on a, a TV screen that attracts your attention. Well, you know? I, I got to stay in the know well, of what's happening. Understood. He drew the short straw. One of us had to be head I'm of HR. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Bob in Louisville, Kentucky. Let's get you on the show. What's Louisville. up, Bob? Hey, Rich. How are you doing? What's going on, Bob? Hey. I love you guys. <laughs> I love your show. Thank you. But I got to say... Uh, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little sad that you guys, especially you, Rich, have been dissing the Packers stock sale. I mean, this is, this is definitely something that is used to fund future expansions of Lambeau Field. Okay, I know you've been to Lambeau Field. I have been. As a matter of fact, the first event I, I, I went to with the then commissioner Paul Tagliabue, uh, as a member of the NFL Network uh, staff was before we launched, and it was when the new Lambeau Field um, expansion had been unveiled. I was there, and, and, that, it's, and it's beautiful. The 1997 stock sale is what you can thank for that. Okay. Um, uh, and then we got the North End Zone. Okay. As if, but, as if there's no other revenue that comes in? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand maybe how this works. Like, honestly, uh, Bob, would you sell would, – if I sold stock in, in uh, Rich Eisen Productions – would you I would bu- not buy it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so I can't do I can't do some sort of cash grab fundraiser, huh? I can't do no, it. <laughs> it, it but, but, all right. Can I give me a second here, okay? Yes, sir. Um, how, uh, how much stock do you so, own? How about anything? How much stock do you own in the Green Bay Packers? How many how many stock? I am waiting on my first share. Okay. So are you are you Wait, waiting are you in line? Are Bob? you are you in front of Brockman online right now? No, no, I got online. I got online at eight. 8.50 this morning. Eastern? I had a, okay. I had or, a calendar reminder Okay. Um, at 8.30. I mean, Eastern time. Okay, Eastern. All right. And I hit refresh. I hit refresh. He's beat, um, he, he beat us by like two and a half hours, Chris. So he's in front. He's in front of us right now. I I'm, hope you get it, Bob, because it definitely means end. more to you than it does to Chris. I got on the website. Uh-huh. Um, 
at, uh, at, at 9 o'clock, I'm hitting refresh every 10 seconds, right? Okay. By about 9, nine o'clock, yeah. 9, zero, zero, and 15 seconds, yeah. it popped. I clicked on the button, did the uh, agreement thing, that yes, this is not so you got it. an investment. So you got this it. This is not an investment. Yes, exactly. Hey, it's so... A, it's a donation to Lambeau Field. Okay. Yes, I got it. All right. Well, but it took me two hours. Okay. Where are you going to put that stock certificate when it comes? You got a special place for it? <laughs> oh, I, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, I'm going to get it professionally framed. Okay. Um, let's go back to Friday, though. How is this any different than a customized jersey? <laughs> There's a lot of difference. <laughs> you know, we got Zayfeld in the studio today. Okay. What's up? There you go, Jay Felt. <laughs> Great poll, Bob. Thank you for the call, man. There you go. That's an interesting question. How's this different than a customized jersey? Well, the team doesn't get any of the revenue from the jersey, do they? I, I imagine they must. I don't know. Doesn't how it that go works. to Fanatics? Doesn't it go to Michael dude, Rubin? Dude, you Mitchell don't think if you if you put Brockman on the back of a Patriots jersey, you don't think Kraft gets a piece of that? Yeah, it's but got, what? But what? Like a dollar well, out of the one hundred? If there's enough Bro- spending, if there's enough Brockmans to do it, it, it'll, it all adds you know, up. You know, <laughs> Pax jerseys there are out this there. This is ninety million dollars going to the Keep Aaron Rodgers Fund. You know what I mean? Like apparently not. It's going to go to the We Need Video Boards Fund. I'm just video confused boarding. as to why Bob thought we were making fun of it. We're spending cash on this. Like this ain't a game. We're not going to drop three hundred. It's my money. This yeah. is my money. And I say we like I'm coming out of pocket. I've been but, in line for four hours. Yeah, this ain't a game. We're uh, not doing this for fun. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we'll see you on Wednesday show, everybody. <laughs>